This guy is not normal. I'm telling you. Did you see his eyes? He's got crazy eyes. He's a lunatic. I'm telling you, we are going into the wilderness being led by a lunatic. He's behind me, isn't he? Time to turn in. Good night. Good night. Sorry. I didn't mean anything by that. I crap bigger than you. He's gonna kill me. Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot! That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to go out to the West, find itself, come back home and appreciate its family. You've been practicing, haven't you? (laughs) I'm Brian Flynn. And the uh, cowpoke next to me is Kenna Trent. I've been practicing too. Actually, you only do these things when it's like Western themed. Really? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I do them every now and again. Guys, this week, Ken and I are doing the 1991 comedy classic, So What Did You Do in the Far West, Dad? As it was called in (laughs) Greece. True story, according to IMDb. We're doing City Slickers, starring Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, Bruno Kirby, and Jack Palance. But before Ken and I pick our top five characters to remake the 2018 version of City Slickers, we're going to get into some reboot news. So let's get into that said news. Hulu, developing less than zero drama from Craig Wright based on Brett Easton Ellis' novel. Hulu has put in development a TV adaptation of Less Than Zero based on Brett Easton Ellis' novel of the same name from Ellis, Greenleaf creator Craig Wright, and Fox 21 Television Studios. Adapted by Wright, Less Than Zero follows a college freshman returning home for Christmas to spend time with his ex-girlfriend and his friend who struggles with addiction. Less Than Zero presents a look at the culture of wealthy, decadent youth in Los Angeles. Wright executive produces with Ellis. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but I have read the book. Oh, um, I've read, why don't you talk about it? I've read a few Brett Easton Ellis books, <laughs> so I'm better than you. Um, but the book was really good. It was very, very dark and very horrible. Uh, a lot of his characters, a lot of his stories are basically about vapid, shallow, beautiful people in either L.A. or New York doing vapid, shallow things and coming to terms that they can't feel humanity. So... <laughs> Um, mm, lovely. I've never seen this movie, but I probably should because I love some vintage James Spader. All you have to do is relax. I'm going to pay you back. All you need to do is trust me. I don't want to trust you, Julian. I just want my 50K, all right? I think Julian's in a lot of trouble. This cannot go on forever. You owe me a lot of cash. He disappears, nobody knows where, and then he comes back like nothing ever happened. You've been busting your butt for Julian since day one, and it's a waste of time. I, I look forward to it. I, I do now want to watch the original and so I'll be looking forward to this. Oh, he wrote American Psycho. Yes. That love book. American Psycho. Love American Psycho. Love the movie and the book. I read the book. Okay. How about you calm down? This isn't a book podcast. Right. The, but I'll say this. The book includes a, a scene that I wish was in the movie where Patrick Bateman gives an entire dissertation about, about why Whitney Houston is like the greatest singer of all time. <laughs> Followed by a chapter where he's running screaming naked through a department store with like blood all over him. Uh I read that and I was like, why wasn't this in the movie? But yeah, American Psycho is one of those movies where I like the whole scene where they're talking about their um, business cards. Like when you see when I see something like that, I think 
man, I I wish that I could create something like this because it's <laughs> so flawless. It is. I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. You ain't seen nothing yet. Raised lettering. Pale Nimbus. White. Impressive. Very nice. Mm. Let's see Paul Allen's card. Look at that subtle off-white coloring. A tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. Okay, let's hit some other news. Okay, so what we do in the shadows is a reboot. For, see, this headline is so weird because calling it a reboot seems crazy. But they're rebooting the mockumentary What We Do in the Shadows from Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi at FX. FX has given a series order to a reboot of What We Do in the Shadows, the long-in-the-works half-hour comedy based on the 2014 mockumentary horror film co-written, co-directed by, and starring Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Okay, guys. Clement is the writer and executive producer of the TV adaptation, and Waititi will direct and executive produce. The project originally received a pilot order earlier this year, the pilot has now been picked up to series with 10 episodes in the first season slated to premiere next spring. Set in New York City, What We Do in the Shadows follows three vampires who have been roommates for hundreds and hundreds of years. I'm going to watch this. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. I think what this article brings up, though, is what the hell are we considering a reboot these days? Yes. This movie literally came out, what, two years ago? 2014. So why is it a reboot? Because it's not the same characters? Because it takes place in a different city? It takes place in New York instead of Wellington, New Zealand? Like Reboot is – it's just such a weird word because it's just an adaptation. Like it's not – unless like right. they're – especially if – I mean I don't know. It doesn't say this directly. Um, but if – I guess if they're not going to be in it, if it's not the same vampires, which I guess makes sense. They're changing locations. Right. It could be a different set of vampires. Um, but – yeah, I I just it seems odd that we're at a place where something that came out four years ago is being called a reboot, a reboot. But it's also, now. Yeah. So what is a reboot? What is it? We do a podcast about reboots and it seems like every day the definition of a reboot. Brian has is, his like conspiracy theory eyes on it's right not now. Just conspiracy. <laughs> like I really wonder if like if if Hollywood even knows what a reboot means. Because no. this is an adaptation. A reboot. They don't know. They don't know. A remake, a reboot, an adaptation. They're okay, – yeah. I, I, it's I, insane. It doesn't make sense. Just be like, hey, we're making it a show. Yeah. It's not a reboot. So I think it really does come down to what what is the show? And if it's anything like the movie, then I guess you would call that – you would not call that a reboot. It's an adaptation. If it's completely different, if they're changing locations, changing characters, changing stories, I guess you can call that a reboot. This is what gets me. If they change the tone of it, I think you can say it's a reboot. Hmm. But if Taika Waititi himself and Jermaine Clement himself are involved in this mm-hmm. and they're going to direct it, or at least I think Waititi is directing it, I don't see how that tone shifts qualifying this to be a reboot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's take a movie like this movie we're going to do today, City Slickers, right? Mm-hmm. And I come to the – you're the studio executive and I walk in the door. It's like I want to do a City Slickers reboot but I want it to make it as like a real western – like let's say it's like Westworld where it's like weird and 
I think they actually did that funnier, funnier die spoof of like uh-huh. uh, Westworld is and City Slickers together. Yeah, but that would be a reboot. If yeah, I was like I want to take this comedy western and turn it into a serious, dark David Fincher movie. That would be a reboot because I'm taking a source material, transforming it into something new and retelling it in a different way. This is not that. That's what I think bugs me about this. So like this is a adaptation. We're taking a movie. We're turning it into a TV show. It's mm-hmm. going to be the same premise and the yeah. same tone. We're calling it the same exact thing. Yeah. We're just adapting it. A remake I think would be like Robin Hood where – the spirit is still around. I feel like the, a, a reboot specifically, you have to change like the heart of something. I feel like what we're finding out right now is that we don't know what a reboot <laughs> is. Absolutely. Because they just – This single headline has blown up our entire podcast. This whole podcast is going to change dramatically <laughs> next week. We're going to reboot the boot, guys. It's going to be – My head almost exploded. It's going to be – We're three levels into the dream. <laughs> Okay, well, let's put this away. And uh, I will say actually, I'm excited for if they keep the same type of characters. I'm just excited for like I love this movie. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great too. I love the like Nosferatu kind of guy. I love the new roommate who's yes. Stu is great. We really like him. At first, I wanted to kill him, but now I'm glad I spent the time to get to know him. Yeah, of course, he looks delicious with his big red cheeks, but we've all got an agreement that we're not going to eat stew, right? Right. I just what I'm trying to say is, because I know that you you turned me into a vampire, maybe don't do that to him. He's a vegetarian. The last thing he'd want to do is eat a live being or eat blood or eat meat. Uh, it's so, it's so good. If you haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows, prep for what is going to be a funny series by yeah. watching the movie. Okay, guys, let's get into our reboot, our dark and gritty reboot of City Slickers. <laughs> That's what I should have done. And we're going to pick our top five characters and reboot them. But before we do, you guys should listen to some rules real quick because this is a dangerous podcast and it's not safe to journey out in the wilderness without some rules, without guides, without cow hands. Cow hands. Cow hands. <laughs> cow poke. You say yeah. these these words don't mean what you think they mean. Um, this is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. We will be talking about a movie that you may not have seen and actors that you may not know. So if you haven't seen it, pause us right now and go and watch it. Come back, open up your computer and look up some of the actors. Now to the actual rules. Rule number one, no remakes, reboots, or long lost sequels. We cannot do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 years. This includes franchises like Star Wars that just pop back up with sequels every few decades. Also, we've added a little addendum to this rule to make it a little easier for us to figure out what we want to do. So if a remake has been rumored in the news for more than two years with no forward movement, it's fair game. We're going to do it. Rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are alive and working today. Sorry, Jack Palance. You're done. Sorry, Bruno Kirby. You're with Jack Palance. Is he dead? He died like two years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. And rule number three, no tender casting. We can't cast someone just based on how they look, which is crazy because I want to cast somebody who looks just like Billy Gristle. Uh, You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent. 
So here we go. Guys, this is the reboot of City Slickers. Come on. Push me. Sea bass. Grilled. Sautéed. I'm with you. Potatoes au gratin. Asparagus. Rum raisin. Woof! Woof! What? How do you know he's right? How do we know? 1,400 retail outlets across the country. That's how we know. (laughs) The five characters we're going to do from City Slickers are... Mitch Robbins, played by Billy Crystal, Phil Burquist, played by Daniel Stern, Ed Furlow, played by Bruno Kirby, Bonnie Rayburn, played by Helen Slater, and Curly, played by Jack Palance. Curly, no last name. No last name, but he has a twin brother. Shows up in the sequel. Oh, really? Yes. Search for Curly's Gold, or what it was called. I'll say this. I've never seen this movie before. What? Until now. What? Yeah, I've never seen- It's a 90s classic. <laughs> just like you. <laughs> seen city slickers and what's funny is when i started watching it i was like how did i never see this on tv in the 90s i don't know like it seems like something that like i would have just put on as a youngster as i was like just trying to watch tv i did Um, see this when i was younger and i was worried that when i rewatched it that it wasn't going to be as funny it's just as funny but in different ways to me like i think when i was a kid I liked all the slapstick falling when he ropes the cow and gets dragged along the road. Yeah. Now, I I think I really like it for all these like Billy Crystal one-liners that are just really – like the song he sings to the tune of Rawhide. Yes. <laughs> which I didn't realize is very, very sexual. <laughs> yeah. Get him up, pull them out, wake him up, get him dressed, get him shaved, from the hair or hide. Tie me down, tie me lies, pull my hair, smack my thighs, with a big wet strap of pride. Kenna. Okay. Blink twice if you cast Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. <laughs> Her eyes, no, okay. No blinks. I will say uh, you can read me like a book because I was so excited I when I realized that was Jake Gyllenhaal. It was his first movie. Isn't that weird? And then the daughter is actually Billy Crystal's daughter. I I saw, I read that in the trivia and I was like, huh, that's why that hug that they share in the kitchen when they like send her off to mm-hmm. hang out with her friends is so weird. It was like, obviously she's like, he's my dad. Yeah. He's not Billy Crystal. He's she's my like my dad. dad. And she's like shrugging away from him a bit because <laughs> there's like a, cr- it's on film and there's a yeah. crew around her. She's like, eh. <laughs> Um, I actually kind of did think, though, that recasting this was a little hard because I love the trio of Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, and Bruno Kirby together. Mm-hmm. I really believe them as friends, and that's what I think really tripped me up. And also knowing that a lot of this movie, a lot of the characteristics about Billy Crystal's character, Mitch, come from Billy Crystal's own life. Yeah. So the birthday call, that's actually a story about Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. The story about the Yankee Tunnel, which I'll get back to, which is the only thing that bugs me. Okay. That's a real story about his life. Yeah. So that's what I had trouble with recasting because it's hard to pull out Billy Crystal from this movie Mm -hmm. and put in just XYZ actor in that role. Yeah. But I had to. So I did. (laughs) 
Um, why I'll say why this don't you ab- go first? I'll say this about this movie before I, I st- say my first uh, actor is that I realized that it sort of looks like on the whole I tried to uh, force some um, inclusion into my cast. But here's the thing. I did think consistently about how there are just so many funny people out there. Mm-hmm. That sure, the default, and I'm sorry if you cast any of these people, but the default is to be like, let's put Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis and other Jasons now that I think about it. I'm not blinking. (laughs) Um, But I was like, you know what? I just want to dig a little further to find people who that I think are super funny, but might just not be like the typical white comedic mm-hmm, actor that mm-hmm. would that I think we would just assume goes in these parts. I hope you cast all women. Uh, well, Blink I'll... Blink twice if you cast all women. <laughs> um, I will say the beginning of this movie I was a little frustrated by and halfway through I had made up in my mind that I was gender swapping the whole cast. But by the end of the movie I decided against it. Yeah. Because I think that the movie turns into something that I didn't think it was going to be. And... I think you could actually do a really lovely sort of times uppy story here mm-hmm. where it's less about like men who feel like bored of their lives and angry at their wives and things like that. And it's more about how like they just need to get more in touch with the they just need to become more emotionally intelligent. Yeah. And and it would it would serve the purpose that it needs to serve today. And so yeah. I was like, don't. Don't get all upset about it and just cast women because I was because let's be real. Mitch sort of blames his wife for his unhappiness. And she's like, it's me, isn't it? And he's like, no, 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 no. No, I make you feel trapped. No, you don't. It's not you. <sighs> well, how do you think that makes me feel when I hear you say that? I didn't mean you. It's me. I, I just feel lost. So for my Mitch, I picked Bill Hader. It's a good choice. He was on one of my lists for different characters, and he kept bopping around back mm-hmm. and forth, back and forth, and then ultimately I tossed him out. <gasps> but Completely? I, yeah. But I love Bill Hader. His show on HBO, Barry, is phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's great. Mm-hmm. I love him on SNL. Yeah. If you don't know who Bill Hader is, I think you might be dead. Yeah. I mean, he's a very out there comedic actor mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, and in Barry, it's not the same as Mitch. Like, Barry, he plays a character who doesn't know what he wants, so he's kind of wandering this, like, world of assassins, but also Hollywood acting, and he's trying Mm -hmm. to marry these worlds, and and he's trying to pursue a dream that he just discovered because he he was basically, like, a robotic killing machine all his life. Yep. Um, But I can see, like, shades of Mitch, of, like, the guy who's unhappy in his life and feels Mm -hmm. like he's stuck in that place. So I think that's a great pick. And ultimately, like, it's difficult, I think, to cast because, like, obviously at the time, Billy Crystal was like premiere. Yeah. If he was starring in your movie. Yeah. You were solid. So yeah. it's hard to pick, like, who's that person other than maybe like Kevin Hart, who's going to like open your movie. But I yeah. think he's I, I think at this point he has the potential to be the quote unquote star. Yeah, when picking my three guys, I kind of stuck to the traditional representation of this movie because I kind of, I like where your head is at, but I I do think that there always will be a space for movies about men, like, 
unsure about themselves in any point in their life. I think that is going to always be a constant universal in men in our society forever. So, yeah, I picked one of the Jasons. <laughs> and I'm proud that Which I did. Which one? I picked, Say his name. I picked Sedacus. Um, it's be- a good choice. Because, yes, it is. Because I... <laughs> whoa. Because maybe I missed parts of this movie, specifically the parts where Mitch is blaming his wife for his unhappiness. I... I, I never really got that feeling. I, I honestly felt like he was just at this crisis point. Value this time in your life, kids. Because this is the time in your life when you still have your choices. And it goes by so fast. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. 30s, you raise your family, you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? I think what lot, I yeah. saw was that she approaches him with that and is like, are you unhappy here with us, with your family? And he's like, no, trust me, it's me. But then it becomes this thing of like, you go and handle yourself. And it's like leaving your wife to handle like the family while you find yourself. And it's sort of like, are we in a time now where men needing to like rediscover themselves is really prescient? I think that until God, this podcast is getting into <laughs> a whole ton of gender studies that I am not equipped or educated on. But I think, yeah, I think I think there will always be a space for it because I think there will always be men in the world who are unable to open up and express, you know, things that make me me. Oh boy, Freudian slip. <laughs> Things that make them unhappy, things that they can't control. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, yeah, I think there is going to be a part of it because I do think it's part of male development that modern society – when I say modern society, I literally mean society since the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. has started. So, like, I still think there will always be room for those stories. Um, you just said Industrial Revolution on this podcast. Right. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, what are we talking about? We're talking about remaking a movie called City Slickers. Starring Let's Billy do Crystal. City Slickers, he said. I It'll just, be fun, he said. It's like, look, the graduate was the heavy one. <laughs> this one's the fun, goofy one. So I picked Sudeikis. I think he's a fun, goofy guy. I think he mm-hmm. can play the kind of despondent family man who goes on adventure with his friends and learns to kind of like express himself and then discovers other things about his friends. Mm-hmm. And what makes his life important and can also be funny. So I pick Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess th- I have nothing else to talk about Mitch. So that's it. How do we get out of this? Should we just move on, roll into Phil? Who I think this movie really should be about. I very much disagree. Why? Just because the, the whole wife, the wife aspect of it? I struggled with Phil because as funny as, because I think Daniel Stern is a comedic genius. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's like, and there's a difference between like Home Alone where you're like, whoa, that kind of slapstick, like very physical comedy. And then there's what he does in this, which is super subtle and really like internal, but hilarious. And... So, like, I I loved his, like, reactions when, you know, Yardley Smith shows up and is like, I'm pregnant with your child. And 
he's so clearly like just at the end of his rope. I missed my period. Whoops. What? I was at work and on my break and I took one of those home pregnancy tests from aisle 11. The ones on special? Yes. And it came up blue. Why is she telling you this? Because I'm, 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 I'm her boss. And, and we, we have a health plan. I just struggle with the fact that he ends up leaving with Bonnie. Yeah, he's rewarded with another woman. Yes, and here's the thing. He's not divorced from his wife. It's just one of those things where I'm like, this situation has not been resolved. Like, you find out while you're on the ranch that she's not actually pregnant, so you're not having an illegitimate child, but you did cheat on her? Mm-hmm. And that's a that's an emotional issue we need to address before you're running off with Hottie McRanchson. Right. I think when I say that this movie should be about him, I think he has the most drama about his life than the other two guys. That's true. Like Mitch is just the most like outward <clears throat> drama. Yeah, Mitch is just like numb. Mm-hmm. And Ed, what, doesn't want to have a baby with his beautiful wife. Like those are two things that I'm kind of like. Okay, but like Phil has real problems. Like mm-hmm. he's in a abu- he's in an abusive relationship. That's true. With both his wife and his father in law, mm-hmm. he is working a job that he hates. He has gotten this. I I want to say she's a young child, but I think it's just Yardley <laughs> Smith's voice that I was like, because so they say she's twenty. Yeah, she's not like a teenager, but she's she's a younger woman. Yeah, and. The scene where he pulls the gun on the on the on the cowboys basically yeah. and, and chases them off. I I just was like, he, there's he has so much pathos than the other two guys that I was kind of like, maybe we should give some of the pathos to the other guys because mm-hmm. that like that character has too much stuff. So I was yeah, kind of like, there's a lot going on. He mo- more than anyone really needs this cow ride. All right, you two assholes, go sleep it off. And let's have some peace and quiet around here, for Christ's sakes! I'm tired! I've been under a lot of stress. I lost my wife. I lost my job. And I've got some sort of rash for making in the bushes. I'll say this, because I I feel like we get into this stuff so much. I'm not some crazy social justice warrior. But I just think that... What struck me is that it the beginning of this movie sort of bugged me because I was like, there's something off about this. But Wait, by the, the animated end- squiggle cartoon bugged you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a, it was beautiful. And unfortunately, the people in this audience won't be able to see it because there's no dialogue. Yeah. Um, but the way it ended really brought me back around. And I was like, you know what? We can adjust this for today pretty easily. And it would be a lot of fun mm-hmm. and more relevant. Right. But yeah, I'm I'm I feel like I sound crazy most of the time being like the men in this movie. <laughs> ladies, am I right? I promise I am not that person. Prove it. I can't cast a man right now. No, it's my turn. It is your turn. Um so I picked Colin Hanks for Phil. That's pretty good. I wanted to pick someone who would have been bullied his whole life and <laughs> I think Colin Hanks. I think you just said he's a really like punchable face. He, no, he doesn't. But <laughs> but I think he is so nice. Mm-hmm. He's like his beautiful dad. There's he's so nice and and so unassuming mm-hmm. that I could see him play that kind of beaten down guy in the beginning and get all the way to the guy who's like ready to ride with his friends, ready to just like tough it out mm-hmm. and have a life experience that he'll remember forever that will change him. I do agree that Phil's reward should not be another woman. 
I think yeah. Phil's reward should be like, I can't wait to go back and divorce my wife and figure this all out yeah. and, and take my, responsibility yeah. and and just, you know, be active in my own space in my own life. So that's who I picked. Awesome. As maybe as Mitch would say, that isn't exactly 90s behavior, <laughs> which I didn't realize was a thing. I was like, what is 90s behavior? Um, speaking of quotes from Mitch and Phil, my one of my favorite Phil quotes was, I just talked to Nancy. <laughs> They're like, who's Nancy? And he just looks at him and goes, you know, the girl. <laughs> I, was, I, kept just being like, I kept just being like, is this movie making a commentary about how there's like not that many women in like in, in the movie? You know, the girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, there. This is a very man-heavy movie. Okay. Um, who do you have? They all. Uh, I cast, and I feel like this is a really offbeat choice. But once I got him in my head, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I picked Dulé Hill. Oh, that's. Really good. So Dulé Hill from West Wing and da, 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 da. Psych. Psych. Yeah. Because here's the here's the trademark of Phil that I loved is just his utter shock and disbelief and concern and everything that's going on when he finds out that like this woman that he cheated on his wife with like shows up at Mitch's party and yeah. just what what a situation that is and I just kept thinking about who do I want to see have this sort of like wide-eyed moment ah! come from the bedroom the bedroom how the hell would you know where the bedroom is I'm calling go ahead call him I'm sure he's home it's his night to meet with the other escape Nazis and I hate you I hate you more if hate worse people I beat China and I thought about casting a slightly younger actor. And then I was like, who has the same sort of sensibility and that he's a gifted dramatic actor, mm -hmm. but he can also do sort of a wacky comedy as well. And I landed on Dulé Hill. Dulé Hill, you know, what's throwing me off is if you have ever watched the hit HBO series Ballers, he's on that as the general manager of the Miami Dolphins and plays like a wildly opposite character to mm -hmm. Phil. He's headstrong, knows exactly what he wants, is like all business. So I, I think that's throwing me off. The other thing that's throwing me off is like, is he, I'll be honest, I've seen maybe one episode of Psych. Is he, how does he stand up like comedically? He's, he's funny. Okay. Because here's the thing, the like main character in Psych is, he's a little more wacky. They're both kind of yeah. wacky. But it's, That's why I was wondering, is he the straight man to the crazy person? Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, they're both kind of funny um but he, i had i had faith in him yeah the comedy in the west wing is all very sorkin -y, yeah talky 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 not comedy yeah it's not like joke structure it's yeah. like here's some witty banter that were that dule hill has with the president of the united states so but i i, I know he's a great actor so yeah. i'd be interested in seeing him in this yeah okay let's move on to ed the sporting goods store magnate <laughs> his jacket <laughs> Um, Bruno Kirby also stars in one of my favorite Billy Crystal movies, When Harry Met Sally. They're also, like, really good friends in that movie, too. You're going to be like, what? But I've never seen When Harry Met Sally. Oh, come on. Okay, well, <laughs> I thought Bruno, Kir Bruno Kirby plays a character in this that I think is very specific and was very hard to cast. Sort of, he had to be very masculine and very, like have like a lot of machismo, mm -hmm. but also couldn't be of grand stature or else wouldn't he just 
kick the shit out of the other like cowboys but he has to be like quick to fight he had to be someone who was ready to kind of throw down because you know he has that whole background with his dad the abusive dad and stuff like that but also be just as funny as the other two guys so i had a really tough time trying to pin a person of the right age and also the right ability mm-hmm. like my cast I, I was trying to cast an older group of guys because yeah. i kind of felt in the 2018 version these guys who are supposed to be i think 40 right around 40 mm-hmm. i don't know if that crisis happens at that point these days i feel like i mean our superheroes are all 50 years old yep. you know so what well, they've crisis, been around for a long time yeah so like what age is the crisis really happening i kept <laughs> thinking like i think like 50 would be mm-hmm. more but i I stuck to an early 40s cast. Yeah. I picked Michael Pena from End of Watch huh. and the Ant-Man movies. Okay. And because I, I think he, he's obviously like he can be very tough and he can be a very serious actor. Mm-hmm. But he can also be like kind of goofy and he can be very funny. He was also in Chips that <laughs> I don't know if anyone I mean, saw weird, Chips. Weird choice. He was in the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. Crash? <laughs> no. I didn't even know if he's in Crash. <laughs> That's just the first movie I think of. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not sure. It was a movie called The Vatican Tapes. I uh, know. You mean Young Pope? <laughs> no, I don't know what that movie is. It's a horror movie about an exorcism. Um, yeah. I'll okay. I'll say this about. I like your choice. I like Michael Pena, even though he's a Scientologist. Um, what? I know. I'm sorry to ruin him for you. <laughs> yeah, he's connected to the Church of Scientology. I'm sorry. Uh, hashtag save Michael Pena. Um, no, I I think he's great because he is that sort of odd mix of like you would watch him in End of Watch where he's, you know, a cop doing a very difficult job, very like very masculine, very macho. But then you watch him just as much in a comedy doing the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So that's re- I, that was a that's a really good catch. I don't think I ventured into that area. Um, I will say at the beginning of this movie, I, I didn't realize that this character was like a main character. I, I was like, who's this guy? Oh, really? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Especially because the part where he's he's such an odd uh, creation because like the part where he's explaining like his best day is his worst day um, is so heartbreaking. I'm 14 and my mother and father are fighting again, you know, because she caught him again. This time the girl drove by the house to pick him up. And I finally realized he wasn't just cheating on my mother. He was cheating on us. So I told him. I said, you're bad to us. We don't love you. I'll take care of my mother and my sister. We don't need you anymore. And he made like he was going to hit me, but I didn't budge. Then he turned around and he left. Never bothered us again. But I took care of my mother and my sister from that day on. That's my best day. What was your worst day? Same day. So he kind of he kind of has to be able to go there. And I I love I love what I love about his character is that he is the one at the end of the day who is like, no, we're not leaving the cattle. We're gonna take them there, even when they run into like the str- the river. He's like, no, like we're gonna go forward. We're gonna do it. We're not gonna give up. Um, so he's really like the true believer mm-hmm. before the rest of them arrive there. And I'm not really sure I like my choice as much as as much as yours even oh i picked randall park oh yeah 
That's a great choice. Who I liked a lot because I think he has a he has hmm. a really sort of like softness to him. That's what I'm now kind of backtracking on. Like um, that softness for Ed. I don't know how that matches. But he he also I think has that sort of like quick wittedness of like he could be the guy who's like yeah these like women have chased me my whole life now that I've like found the right one mm-hmm. like being unsure of of settling down. It's weird. Like Randall Park's career is so strange to me. It was like bit part, bit part, bit part. Kim Jong Un in mm-hmm. that James Franco movie. The interview. The interview. And then fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat. And then it was like bit part, bit part, bit part. Yeah, I still think I'm like hung up on like Bruno Kirby's rendition of Ed being a very kind of rough and tumble kind of guy. Like he's he's all like the guy who's always chasing. He even self-admits like he's chasing that thrill, like all these death-defying vacations that they keep taking. Like at first it's the running mm-hmm. of the bulls and next he wants to go like paragliding out of a plane and then they go on this cattle drive. But don't we kind of love the idea, I mean I do, of him maybe not being the type that you would assume him to be? Because they're going – like one of the things that's so odd about them doing a cattle drive is that this is clearly like nothing they've ever done. They're city people. Yeah. And so I think sort of toning down that like he's it's not that he's not fearless. He's just not he's just never done anything like the the way that they sort of envision like cowboys being this like uber masculine thing. Like they're they're not there. Yeah, like I guess if you play it like He's strong in the city environment and then he gets Mm -hmm. out into the wilderness and it's like sort of a fish out of water. But then he realizes that that strength is going to be with him no matter where he goes. Yes. Then, yeah, I can see it. Uh, Let's move on to Bonnie Rayburn. I I, we admittedly struggled with this character because she's a damsel. She is not. She's not not a lot. Even a damsel. She she's just kind of the girl which is also a character I hate it's just like here's a group of men and then the girl the girl yeah baseball you've got something against baseball it's just I used to live with a guy I was like a baseball encyclopedia and I just got flashes so do do you hate baseball no I like baseball I just never understood how you guys can spend so much time discussing it I mean I've been to games but I don't memorize who played third base for Pittsburgh in 1960 Don Hoke Don Hoke so admittedly like we say we don't want to rewrite this movie but in every discussion we legit we really just rewrite the movie yeah. for, for today um this character needs to do more <laughs> needs to want more mm-hmm. needs to have agency and needs to be more present in the decision making because i believe she just asks questions during the moments yeah. when everything is going to hell so How do we recast this character? So what I did is Helen Slater, the actress who played her, Mm -hmm. also, if you didn't know this, played Supergirl in the classic movie Supergirl. (laughs) So that kind of got my mind jogging about like, well, they picked an actress who's played like kind of a strong, brave Uh character who can kind of kick ass in her own right. So I was like, all right. Let me start there and then, you know, whenever this quote unquote movie is being remade, we'll figure out like – the, the mechanism to get this character in into the movie more. So I was sort of thinking about I wanted an actress who has played a lot of action oriented characters. So I so it wouldn't be, 
you she's know, more so like out of place. capable. Yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't be out of place on the range or out in like the, the West in the wilderness. But also I didn't want to pick like a really big, big name actress. I kind of wanted to pick someone a little more subtle who hasn't been in. She's been in a lot of stuff, but isn't like for some reason isn't like there yet. So I was hmm. like, oh, maybe we can give this as a vehicle to her to get her like into more stuff. So I picked Summer Glau mm-hmm. from Firefly and Arrow, and she was also in that Terminator show. Yeah. And you know how much I love Terminator. She played, mm-hmm. I think she played the Terminator in the Sarah, uh-huh. Con- Sarah Connor Chronicles. And I also, I think she's very gorgeous. So I think, you know, you can still play that like, right. is Mitch going to do, s- I love that moment where like she, she introduces herself to Mitch and like he endears <laughs> himself to her. And then he's immediately like, I'm married. I'm married. Uh, Bye. (laughs) So I I think, you know, her having like a certain look can like introduce like, oh, maybe she's there to just be the love interest. And Mm -hmm. then Mitch comes in. He's just like, "Uh, I'm married. I'm not going to do anything about this. And then we can give her more agency down the road. Mm -hmm. So that's who I picked. I like it. I mean, I I can't say that I I know her acting, but I'm familiar with her face. Good. Hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Have you seen Firefly? No. Okay. Watch Firefly. Don't watch Serenity first. Watch Firefly, then Serenity. Serenity's the movie that wraps up the show. Okay. <laughs> Add that to my list. Mm. Okay, so I picked for my Bonnie Nassim Pedrad. Oh, that's interesting. Who I like because, one, she's stunningly beautiful. So uh-huh. obviously you get that sort of like first look like, <laughs> oh, it's a woman. Uh <laughs> Which is really that's sort of what happens. But I the last season of New Girl is currently on television and she has been a regular since last season playing Winston's now wife. And they're both they're both cops. And what's funny and interesting about her is that I think I wouldn't have expected that from her. But I sort of love this like very capable, interesting, especially because he's such a dope. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's just funny that she is the I don't want to say she's like wearing the pants, but like that she is more the typical male figure in the relationship because it's just it's an interesting play on her strengths. Yeah, because I don't know if we saw this necessarily from like stuff she did on SNL. I think she was kind of underutilized on SNL. Yeah. Um, And she was hilarious when she came back recently to play Ma'a Nanshila. Oh, yeah. In the Wild Wild Country parody, which is <laughs> genius. Spot on. Genius and spot hilarious. On. Yeah, I like the pick. I, I, I also keep thinking about the note about uh, Randall Park. Like, because when... Bonnie's introduced. She also seems like a fish out of water. Like, what am I doing here? I was supposed to have a friend with me. And then, then she bailed. So now I'm just like sort of here Which by myself. It's a very loose <laughs> situation. Actually, I was supposed to meet somebody here, but I got the message at the airport that she's not coming. And I'm feeling really out of place. I'm thinking of leaving. No. no, no, you, should no you should stay. Right, right, right. You know, when I was alive, I would have found her attractive. Yeah. How did you get here? At what point did your friend <laughs> did cancel? Did you lose your friend? <laughs> At what point did your friend cancel? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But that's the thing. This is pre-cell phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I can sort of see her like play that like I- I'm legit from like major American city, America. Yeah. I've also been dropped off here, but I'm going to be funny and weird on the on the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. Instead of just being like a face. Yeah. Cuz like she doesn't even Bonnie doesn't even say that much. She could right. add a little something of her own. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Curly, played by Jack Palance. I had a I had a couple pretty good ones. 
But it's your turn, I realize, so you should go first. I wrote one name down because I was just like, yep. Because, again, it's that thing that I think we encountered when we were uh, recasting Tombstone where we're like casting a cowboy in our generation is kind of difficult mm-hmm. because it's been like even like old cowboys are like a little too old at this point. Yeah. It's difficult. Like who embodies that sort of like rough, rugged, trail worn person that Curly is. Uh, and so I picked Robert Redford. Ooh, that's interesting. See, I always thought of Curly as someone who's like very aggressive. You don't think Robert Redford's aggressive? I think Robert Redford is charming. Mm-hmm. I think he's righteous. I I mean, he's Robert Redford. I guess he could play aggressive. Like, there's no reason he couldn't play this. Well, I'm not sure I saw him as aggressive. I think I see him more as mysterious. Okay. Like, these weird little zooms that they would do on his face of, like, yeah. that's curly. And then he, like, turns his head. <laughs> and you, Yeah, but if you make me watch a movie where Robert Redford has to die and I have to watch his dead body, I'm going to be very upset because I... Don't want that to happen. <laughs> He's 81. I know. We're nearing. Oh, boy. That's so dark. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that that moment. We where, all like, die. But Brian. like when, when Billy, like when Mitch goes up to Curly, he's like, hey, he's a great guy. Come on down here. He's like, wow. He's standing there. Curly? Curl? You got a minute? He is a real cowboy. He sleeps with his eyes open so we can still watch the herd. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, the weird thing about Jack Palance is that he won an Oscar for this movie. I know. So good on you for picking an Oscar award winner to kind of land the plane on this character. Yeah. Um, I picked Sam Elliott. Okay. From The Big Lebowski and Roadhouse and Tombstone. Tombstone. Um, (laughs) He just is a cowboy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? He is, you know... You put a hat on him and it's like immediately there's thousands of trail miles that have been yeah. worn Put a on hat on him and it's immediately like beef. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> Chevy trucks. You know what I mean? But I also think he can play that weird, sh- I almost said shaman-like, but um, hmm. not really shaman, m- more of like that mentor. When they talk about the yeah. one thing where like, because the whole idea is like Curly opens up the West to Mitch. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're out here for a reason and you got to find that reason. That kind of spirit guide. Yeah. I think Sam Elliott can really pull off. That's an interesting point about his character that I don't think I really processed is that ultimately like it's his spirit and how he introduces him to the world that sort of leads them to where they end up. Do you know what the secret of life is? No. What? This. Your finger? One thing. Just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean shit. That's great, but what's the one thing? That's what you got to figure out. That's it, guys. We did it. We did our top five characters for City Slickers. Why don't we get on to the most important part of this podcast? You didn't mean to get no. into that. <laughs> I fell into it. <laughs> it's time for Where Does Barry Pepper Go? So um, I realized that I hadn't written anything down, so I'm scrambling a little bit. But the first character that kind of popped into my head was Mitch's boss, played by Jeffrey Tambor. That's what I did, too. All right. High five. His name is Lou. His name is Lou. Um, I thought it would just be a a great part to give B-peps. And I I love that line where it's like, 
where Lou is sussing out what's wrong with Mitch, and he's just like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> <laughs> like he can sen- he like senses what's going wrong. Um, uh, all right, great. We're we we got one. We got one. We did it any again. Other, any other uh, cow pies you got for this movie? Cookie is my favorite character. In this oh, movie. she's so good. <laughs> He's really good. When they ask him, what's the very first question they ask him? And you can barely understand what he says. I was like, I'm going to like this guy. <laughs> you ain't going to be getting no nouveau almondine thin crust bottle of water sauteed city food. Food's brown, hot, and plenty of it. Here's the thing that bugged me the most about this movie. And I mentioned it earlier. Mitch wears a Mets hat. Okay. His favorite memory. Hang on a minute. I know this is about sports, but hang on a minute. His favorite memory is when his dad brought him to Yankee Stadium for his first baseball game. How is he not a Yankees fan? I got like really upset about this because Billy Crystal in real life Mm -hmm. is a Yankees fan. That's his actual story. Here's what's wrong with that. There's no way a child is ever not going to be a Yankees fan if your first game is at Yankee Stadium and your father is a diehard Yankees fan. Second thing. Yankees fans and Mets fans hate each other, hate each other. They hate each other. Third thing, I read the trivia why he wears the Mets hat, and I still think it's garbage because the Mets donated money to the movie or to his, like, charity or something like that. Oh, that's nice. So what? Either change the story or change the hat. I don't believe it. It nearly ruined the movie for me. Nearly ruined it. Well, that's it for sports talk. (laughs) Great show. I'm sports sorry night. that I'm sorry night. that I'm sorry that you that you felt that way. Um, I bet I'm not the only one who watches this movie and is like, "What the hell is going on here?" You might as well have just worn a Red Sox hat. Okay. And like when I walked into Yankee Stadium, I knew I was forever going to be what a Yankees fan. I don't know. Look, it bothers me. All right. <laughs> I'll say this: I would love to write the horror movie version of this movie. Oh, where they each kill each other? Because it gets really, like, dark at a certain point. The Mm -hmm. leader dies. They have to hand the camp over to these, like, sleazy cowboys to lead them in to help them along the way. And these people get drunk and run away. And it's just a bunch of inexperienced people who are in charge of all this cattle. And I, like, there was just, like, a scene at night, especially after... uh, Phil loses it with the gun. And I was like, there's a version of this movie where they all die. You just want to make the Sam Peckinpah straw dogs version of City Slickers where it's just like murder and suicide and violence. and Sort of. Yeah. Maybe not as like backwoods, like good old boy style yeah. villains, but. Well, you know what, Kenna? That's a reboot. (laughs) All right, guys, that's it for us. I hope you enjoyed City Slickers. Check out our other episodes if you like this one. Hit subscribe. Please rate us and tell your friends. Kenna, where can they find us online? You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or really wherever you get your podcasts, you should be able to find us. You can find us on social media together at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on social media at Kenna Trent. You can find Brian on social media at Flynn B. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. 
Really? You're both dentists? Yes. We're black and we're dentists. Let's not make an issue out of it. 